0: a good wine is never made by whole grapes those grapes need to be crushed a beautiful plant never grows unless a seed Crushes. It's a natural principle, but it has spiritual implications for us. Jesus wants to take you, He wants to
1: bless you, then He breaks you so He can do what?
0: So He can give us out.
1: All of those examples that Pastor Daniel just shared are so true. Much of the good that we enjoy comes through the breaking process. Pastor Daniel will share with us how important it is for each of us to experience that before we can be used by Jesus to be on mission with Him. Jesus will take what we meagerly offer Him, bless it, and then break it, and divide it for His purposes, just like He did for so many with the bread and fish. We just need to be sure that we're saying yes to Him on a daily basis. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with the conclusion of our message entitled, Jesus is on Mission.
0: Then they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Now, notice this. The disciples are a little freaked out because they don't have a whole lot going for them. They're like, there's this is a huge multitude and there's five loaves and two fish. And one of the other gospels, it tells us that they were barley loaves. Now, barley loaves were a, a cheaper, more coarse type of a loaf. It wasn't like an artisan bread or something like that. It was more of like the Wonder Bread stuff of that day. And five loaves and two fish... You know, in that region, in the Galilee region, that was the common staple food of the poorest of people because the Sea of Galilee was there. they go fishing on the sea. Making bread wasn't very, very hard. So the disciples are focused on their lack. But Jesus says, bring them here to me. What does this teach us? That we need to bring what we have to Jesus. Bring what you have to Jesus. See... So often in the way God works, God reframes the way we're looking at things. He, He changes the way we see it. The disciples, we got five loaves and two fish. What's that going to do with some six, 10, 15, 20,000 people? And Jesus just says, just bring it to me. Bring it to me. And I believe that that's what God wants to do in our lives. Because when we look at ourselves, when we look at our circumstances, our lack of means, we always say, well, what can I really do? What can I do? And Jesus would say, just bring what you have to me. I think of Mother Teresa. I love that little lady. She's rough. Every time I read her, I'm like, man, I'm getting roughed up by a little short Albanian lady who took a vow of poverty, she roughs me up because she says things like, if you want to feed 100 people, start with just one. And you're like, okay. Because it's so simple. It's like, it, it, you say, look, I, I want to see the gospel go, get out to, to 3 billion people who've never even heard it. What do I do? And the Lord's just like, well, just pray. Maybe just take a trip over there. Maybe do an internet search and see who's working over there and start praying for them. Get on their newsletter list. See, we're so busy being like, I can never go over there and I can't speak whatever language and I'm really, I don't really look good in a burqa and all this stuff. It's not really, doesn't really match me. So what can I do? And the Lord's just like, no, 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 listen, just bring it to me, whatever you got. Whatever you got, just bring it to me. Because you know what happens? When we bring our lack to Jesus, He does extraordinary things. When you and I bring our lack To Jesus, extraordinary things happen. Look at verse 19. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the multitudes. Here we go. When you bring the little you have to Jesus, Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and then gives. Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and then gives. These four verbs, take, bless, break, and give, occur in all six accounts of the miraculous feedings, both the 5,000 in the four gospels and the two gospels that also have the feeding of the 4,000, as well as the Emmaus meal and all four accounts of the Last Supper, including the one in Paul in 1 Corinthians. Same four verbs. Because Jesus takes, he blesses, he breaks, and then he gives. This is a spiritual principle for us. Jesus takes us, our lives. He takes us, and he blesses us with his spirit. If you're here today, and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus... He's taken you to be his own. He's given you his spirit. If you're in here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, God wants to take you and he wants to bless you with his spirit. He wants to bless you with his presence. And I believe that you're here today because that's what you really want. You're saying, I want God to take me for his own. I want to be blessed with his spirit. But once God blesses, God breaks us. That doesn't sound pretty at all. But what's interesting is life will break you either way. It's just a matter of are you a stallion who's wild who gets broken to be a trophy-winning racehorse, or are you a wild stallion that gets broken only to be put to sleep? Life breaks everybody. It's just a matter, is that breaking purposeful for God's glory or is that breaking for the diminishment of God's purposes in your life? And so many of us can testify of the fact that life breaks all of us. It's just a matter of how and why. And I'm here to tell you that we want... You want, I want to be broken under the mighty hand of the great refiner who in the breaking process allows the impurities to come to the surface so that he can purify. That's how God breaks a person. He doesn't do it because God just enjoys crushing you. He does it because he wants the impurities to rise to the surface and so he can take them away. And listen, a good wine is never made by whole grapes. Those grapes need to be crushed. Potpourri never smells good unless those spices are crushed. A beautiful plant never grows unless a seed crushes. This is a a natural principle. It's a natural principle, but it has spiritual implications for us. Jesus wants to take you, He wants to bless you. Then He breaks you so He can do what? So He can give us out. See, if you're here right now and you're in the middle of the breaking process, it's not for no reason. God breaks you so that he can distribute you you more widely. Can you imagine if Jesus just took five loaves and two fish, gave one loaf to one guy, one loaf to the other guy, five people and just gave the two fish, only seven people eat. That's it. Seven people, five with loaves, two with fish. But Jesus, by taking it and blessing it and breaking it, now he's going to distribute it and more than 5,000 people are going to be satisfied. And this is God's purpose in changing us. This is his purpose. So that God can distribute you more widely to the world. Without that breaking process, it's impossible. It's impossible. No doubt, Jesus, in his blessing probably play, prayed that traditional Jewish blessing over the bread. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who bringeth forth bread from the earth. But I'm here to tell you today, brother, sister, seeker, friend, Jesus wants to take you and bless you. And by blessing you, he breaks you so that he can give you out. And that's the same for me. But I know there's someone here, I don't want to be broken by Jesus. In, in the book of Daniel, it, or Jesus actually said it, referencing the book of Daniel, he said, whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whoever this stone falls, he will be ground into powder. See, Jesus is saying that reality that if you fall on the stone, the rock, who's Jesus, breaking happens. But if you will not allow that when Jesus comes back and that stone comes on you, It's total. It's a total destruction. And everybody knows. if you're building a house, you take wood and you cut it so you can build a house. I mean, on every level, in every area of your life, you realize that breaking ends up being a blessing. And it's true spiritually as well. Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. And then look at verse 20 and 21. So they ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained now those who had eaten were about 5000 men besides women and children mission results in satisfaction mission results in satisfaction notice they all ate and were filled so Jesus took the little that they had, five loaves and two fish. He took them, he blessed them, he broke them, he gave them out. Right? And everybody ate and were filled. That word were filled, could be translated, were satisfied. And not only that, five loaves and two fish, now there's twelve baskets of fragments. And a lot of people see it very clearly. How many disciples were there? Twelve. And you can imagine. These twelve disciples who wanted to send everyone away, now each one of them is holding a basket of leftovers. I don't know about you, I like it when I get leftovers. That's like yummies for later. Each disciple's got a basket of leftovers. Why? Because mission satisfies. It results in satisfaction when we are being the people that God has called us to be. Everybody is filled. Everybody is satisfied. And there are leftovers. That's how God works when we are on mission with him. Now, in my last few minutes here, I want to take some time. And I just want to apply it to us as a church at large. Don't miss this. And I, and I tabled this to the end. When Jesus took the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and he gave it out, did he just give it right to the people? No. He gave it to the disciples and he asked the disciples to administer the blessing. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus likes his friends involved. So Jesus in The work of transforming our community and our world. He can just do it without us, but he doesn't want to. He wants us to be involved. So how do we do this? First, first, it must begin in prayer. Truly being on mission Because Jesus is on mission It begins with prayer It makes me think of Matthew chapters 9 and 10 Because in Matthew chapter 9 and 10 Jesus tells the disciples I want you to pray the Lord of the harvest To send laborers into the harvest Because the harvest is plentiful But the laborers are few And Jesus says, okay, I want you to pray And then in chapter 10, what does Jesus do? He sends them all out So prayer Precipitates Mission, and it drives mission. So it needs to begin in prayer. Second, you guys get your bulletins today? You see this document here? This is Love Now. If you can pull them out of your bulletin, I want you to look at this. Love Now is the name that we have for all of our outreach, social compassion here at Crossroads. You know, one of the hardest problems we have as a church Is that we're very large And so oftentimes it's hard to communicate All the different things that we're involved in And so we decided we were just going to give you A smattering of the things And this isn't by any means everything I mean, look at these things We have going local We have all these different things we do locally Second Saturday It's been going on for years Life packs, which is a way to feed the hungry Our food pantry Neighbor link up. We'd love to see all of you who are involved in your neighborhood associations. That's a way to connect with people. To find out what people are concerned about. Help us as a church learn how we can minister to people. Hotel ministry. Healing others through evangelistic love. We have the Lord's gym. I mean, I mean, I could read all this, but you guys can read, so I'm trusting that you guys got all this. Look at all this stuff. This is just a little sliver of what Crossroads does locally. If you go to the back page, go national. Because our love now, we believe in doing it locally, nationally, and globally. Look, we're involved in disaster relief and helping to alleviate sex trafficking. That's why those of you who are here today and you filled out one of our visitor cards, you're transforming the world because we're giving a donation in your honor to the One Boston Fund for disaster relief. Because some people's families receive, had a disaster at the Boston Marathon when loved ones got hurt. We believe in getting involved in those things. Look at Go Global. Things we do across the board, across the sea. Clean water through charity water. We've been doing work in Mexico, work in Kenya. We have missionaries all over the world. We work with potter's fields helping to alleviate child poverty. I think you should pray and get involved in these things. There's all sorts of needs outside of the walls of our church. That we can transform our community and our world. I, I, I want you to literally take a pen, check things off, put your name down and take a step of faith. Just like we do with being a fully engaged family. Some 300 of you filled out, I want to get more involved. A lot of these things, there's ways that we can be involved in what God is doing around the world. We gave these. I want you to fill these out. Take that step of faith with the Lord and say, Lord, I want to get more involved in helping locally, nationally and globally. I believe that God wants to use all of us to transform our community and our world. That's why we're doing this. Because it's about transforming our community and our world. We believe that not only social compassion, feeding people who are hungry, helping people who have practical needs, we also believe that the best way to transform our community and our world is first and foremost through the message of Jesus. Through the finished work of the gospel. Another way we do it at large is through Your giving. People all the time, they say, where does the crossroads money go? It goes to a lot of this stuff right here. It's so easy to forget that all the stuff that's going on. It goes to these things and a whole lot of other things, missionaries all over the world. Now, I'm going to close with four quick action steps for each one of us in regards to how do we transform our community and our world. First, I want to encourage you to reject all false dichotomies. Reject all of them. Let me give you an example. People all the time say, why are we so focused on global missions? We should be focused on our community. Or, why are we so focused on our community? We should be focused on global missions. To me, that's a false dichotomy. And here's why. The reason we do local ministries is because somebody did global missions because Jesus didn't die and rose again in America. So somebody left their culture and came to a new culture to bring the gospel here. Right? So, we don't do one or the other. We do both. We do global missions so that once we establish churches, churches can do local ministries. And we get to do local ministries here because somebody already did global missions to get it here. Make sense? So, don't fall off of one side of the horse or the other. We realize some of you have preferences for local ministries and some of you have preferences for global missions. And guess what? We do both. We have no problem with doing both. Another one. People like to say all the time, I don't like preaching the gospel. I want to demonstrate the gospel. And other people say, I just, you know, I like preaching, but I don't want to demonstrate. And they put these things as polar opposites that you either preach or you love on people in Jesus' name and you never talk about it. Where does it say that we have to do one or the other? It doesn't, right? We should preach the gospel because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we should live out the realities of the gospel because Jesus changes us to love more extravagantly. So some people I say, I don't like Crossroads. It's a Bible-preaching church, and you guys are not living out the gospel. It's like, huh? Seriously? It's a false... Reject all of those. Somebody was saying to me recently, said, Pastor Daniel, I thought we're trying to pay down debt. Why are we doing improvements on our campus? And I'm like, well, because you can't stop doing ministry to pay down debt. It'd be like saying, listen, until you pay off your mortgage, don't eat. <laughs> like, you're going to pay off your mortgage so you're not allowed to have a car, you're not allowed to repair your dishwasher, because you got to pay down that mortgage. We do them at the same time. Those are, fa- those are two polar ends that we're saying it has to be one or the other. It doesn't. So we have to reject false dichotomies. Don't allow yourself to say, oh, it's this or it's this. No, oftentimes it's actually both together. So reject all those False dichotomies. Second, do what you're passionate about. I believe that in the body of Christ, some of you are passionate about global missions, and praise the Lord. Some of you are passionate about local ministries, praise the Lord. Some of you are passionate about prayer, praise the Lord. Some of you are passionate about doing construction in Second Saturday, and praise the Lord. Do what you're passionate about, and don't think because you're passionate about something that someone else is, that they're either better or worse than you. Just do what you're passionate about. And I believe as a fully engaged family, if we all do what we're passionate about, guess what's going to happen? It's all going to get done and then some. Because everybody's going to do what they're passionate about and God's going to use all of us. Third, appreciate those who do the exact opposite. Appreciate them. When I look at some crazy, wide-eyed pioneer missionary, I'm like, man, God bless you. People go in a culture, you don't even, can't eat, I couldn't even eat half the food, but they're there. And I'm just like, praise God. But so often what Satan does to try and divide the body is says, oh, well, you think you're cool because you're a missionary and I'm, I feel called to be here in America and you feel like diminished because of it. No, no, just appreciate each other because we're all different parts of the body. And the love of Jesus holds us together. So if somebody has a passion about the direct opposite thing that you're passionate about, just appreciate it. Praise God for it. Some of you are radically passionate about justice for the unborn. Praise God. Some of you are radically passionate about stopping sex trafficking. Praise God. Some of you are radically passionate about alleviating child poverty. Praise God. And some of you are radically passionate about alleviating adult poverty. And guess what? Praise God. So we just need to appreciate one another. Don't allow yourself to be like, oh, well, that person likes this and I don't like that and, oh, and there must be something wrong with them. No, 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 no. Everybody needs to be in the sweet spot with Jesus. And finally, and to put legs on Jesus is on mission, we respond. I say this, let's roll up our sleeves and do the next thing. Simply responding to Jesus, roll up our sleeves and just do the next thing. And the reason I say it that way is because for so many of us, as life and ministry happens, at some point we roll down our sleeves. And because of what happened in the past, we don't do what's coming next. And that's like a normal human response, right? Where it's like something's gone on, we don't like what went on, we don't like how it feels or whatever. And so what we do is we say, you know what, I'm just done. I'm going to take my marbles to myself and I'm going to stop going. And I'm just here to tell you, listen... Until God takes us home, there's work to be done. And I, I'm just like you. I wake up every day just like you. I peel myself out of bed. I put my pants on one leg at a time. And I just say, Lord, just give me the grace just to do the next thing. But what I believe is that God appreciates all that we've done yesterday. And he celebrates how he's used us yesterday. But today's a brand new day and his mercies are new today. So I want to encourage all of us in transforming our community and our world because Jesus is real. Let's just roll up our sleeves and just do the next thing. Because there will be a next thing. You know what happens after the next thing? There will be a next thing. And our job is to simply respond to Jesus by rolling up our sleeves and just doing the
1: next thing. Jesus is That concludes Pastor Daniel's message. Jesus is on mission. You could really hear Pastor Daniel's heart for the family at Crossroads Community Church. There's so much God is doing at Crossroads, many places to be on mission. But don't let that blow past you, though. Jesus wants to use you, yes, you, right where you're at, in your community, in your church, to be on mission for Jesus. Will you follow him? For most of us, our smartphone is an extension of our body. They are constantly ringing and dinging, telling us what to do and where to go next. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jesus is Real podcast. Each week, the programs right here on the radio are
0: available in podcast format. So if you miss one of the broadcasts, you can always catch up by subscribing to the Jesus is Real podcast. Log on to Jesus is Real Radio.com.
1: Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, we'll begin the seventh and final message in this series, Because Jesus Is Real. Pastor Daniel will begin sharing the core values for the church family at Crossroads. I'm sure that you'll find that these core values resonate in your heart as well. God has called us to trust Him in the Word and to recognize that we're all in process with Him. He's changing us, so let's love one another while we're changing. We'll learn all this next time. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series entitled, Because Jesus is Real, next time. Until then, may God bless.